My sermon title this morning is A Healed Soul Makes Way for a Healed Body. A Healed Soul Makes Way for a Healed Body. What I love about Jesus was that it was never about having synagogue or chapel or church. What I love about Jesus was he got amongst the people and he was real. And you never knew what was going to happen because you never know who's going to show up. And if it's about people, how are you going to predict how things should happen time-wise and order and format? God is about you. God is about us. Can I get an agreement? Uh, okay. How about we try that again? I said God is for you. Can I get an agreement? All right. I don't want to lose you. Come on, stay with me. Thank you, Manny. You can come back next week. <laughs> All of you can, by the way. All right. Well, what I love about Jesus is that he often looked at the sheep and his heart hurt. He looked at the people and he wept. And here Jesus, after he comes out of the wilderness, being tempted by Satan, goes uh, face to face, head to head, toe to toe, and in his soul, he doesn't give the devil an inch. And he comes back into the local synagogue, and the first thing that he does is they hand him the scroll of Isaiah, and he starts reading what the prophet said about him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to bind up the broken heart. Listen, that's not just unsaved people. That's you. We don't realize we have soul issues. But we do. We have soul issues. There are things in our memory that haunt us. Not just bad things we've done wrong, but words from our childhood, experiences, things that have scarred us that sometimes are hidden underneath layers and layers of life. And we don't see all the wiring. We don't see the circuitry. But sometimes we wonder why someone touches us here. We go like this here. And it's all wired under layers and layers of life to wounds, to hurts, to bruises. Jesus came to heal the soul because when our soul is made whole, the rest of us, life will flow. Amen? Absolutely. Proverbs 14 verse 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy or jealousy or suspicion or resentment or unforgiveness rots the bones. Everyone look at me for a second. I'm going to give you probably an extremely important key, and you need to know this. Every word in the Word of God is absolutely true. I trust his word as a medical foundation more than I trust all of science. I trust his word above everything. And as a, you know, I hold a doctorate in ministry. And as one who has lectured in Bible schools around the world, and as one who runs a Bible school, I have seen over and over again how every word in the Bible is weighted. And when you go back to the Hebrew and the Greek, it is amazing from Old to New Testament, 
concepts mesh, even though it's been written by so many different authors from so many different cultural backgrounds over, you know, 1,500 years, and yet the same theme comes across again and again. And so we could look at these Proverbs and just read them like we would a, a fortune that we pull out of a fortune cookie. But this is the Word of God. Everything else will fall apart. Nothing else will last. Cultures will disappear. Kingdoms will disappear. Fads will disappear. What science says is a fact today will be a myth tomorrow. But the Word of God is always, yes and amen, the Word of God is always absolute truth. And so when I read this and I look, a heart at peace gives life to the body, and I think about Jesus. Remember that word heart, lebay, is interchangeably also used for the same word that is used for soul. Both the heart and the soul carry out the same functions. It's the area of the intellect, the mind of intellect, the mind of your emotions, and it's through the mind of your intellect and the mind of your emotions Come together and you reason together and you press the go button and your will is activated and you make decisions. In trauma and in the fall, there has been a schism, a break between the mind of our intellect and the mind of our emotions. We get wounded. How could my father who loves me call me an idiot? I mean, he said it with such passion. He always looks at me like with uh, disdain. Uh, how could he hate me? But this is the person I'm supposed to feel protected by. This is the person I'm supposed to feel loved by. And so the emotions grapple with what the mind knows is supposed to be a reality, but it sees an alternate reality and the emotions get frazzled and the two come out of agreement, a broken heart. There are fractures that take place. These things affect every area of life. Sometimes they aren't actually things that happen, but it's our perception. Perceived rejection is as real to the individual as received rejection. And sometimes our perceptions are based on wounds and hurts that are already inside of us. And Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. So here, a heart at peace or a soul at peace, a heart, a soul that has been healed, that gets mended, that the issues get dealt with, it'll give life to the body. Now what I find very interesting, having, you know, when you really study Jesus, you see that when he went to pray for people to be healed, the Bible says that he often first set them free from some kind of stronghold. In our wounds, the wounds in our soul, the wounds in our memory, the wounds uh, in our emotions, a strong man comes and he hides there and he takes captive and he starts to help us cultivate ideas that are contrary to God's ideas. And he gets himself rooted deep down in our emotions and builds belief systems that are incorrect as far as God's Word goes. Every time we believe something that is contrary to how God sees it, we're taking another bite out of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of evil. 
The knowledge of evil was not just the knowledge of how to rob a bank or how to uh, sell drugs illegally. The knowledge of evil, when you study the Hebrew and look at what it says in the Hebrew text, the knowledge of evil was any knowledge that was contrary to God's knowledge. Okay? And so when we allow the hurts of life, we allow demons to navigate circumstances and bring trauma or hurt or fear into our lives, we adopt belief systems that are contrary to the Word of God. They could be belief systems in terms of what you believe about yourself. You have a low self-esteem, you have a poor picture of yourself, that will become a stronghold. That is a wounded soul. You say, well, everybody deals with that. Exactly. Exactly. That's why Jesus looked at the masses and he would often weep. Because he saw the brokenness of humanity. We could sit here right now and we all have, you know, we, we have our good face on. We've come to church. But every one of us have niggling soul issues. And if you don't, I do. If you don't realize or acknowledge or want to acknowledge, sometimes we just want to look like we got it all together because it's fierce competition out there. Okay? Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't have it all together. But I'm getting it all together. And if that'll give you the liberty to be honest with yourself, then so be it. I'd rather the ugly truth than the comfort of a lie. Because with the ugly truth, I can face the facts and determine where I need to go. But with the comfort of a lie, you don't know where you're at and you don't know where to go. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Absolutely. And so the issues of the heart, the soul, when we start to get our soul healed of fear, inferiority, rejection, unforgiveness, we've made judgments about male authority figures. I am absolutely amazed at how people will say things to me perceiving that I'm going to just suddenly growl at them and jump on them. You know what? God's shown me two things. People perceive me based on often how they've perceived authority figures in their life in the past. And secondly, people will perceive me and judge me out of what they know about themselves. We do that. And we have wounded souls. We have soul issues. And Jesus really wants to heal us and get this stuff fixed up so that we could start to grow and become healthy and whole and have whole relationships. We wonder why we go from one found relationship to another to another. This thing called relationship is supposed to be the most wonderful, beautiful thing in human experience. And it's almost like, oh my God, you know, I got, got divorced back then and then got remarried and divorced again. And I had a relationship with this person and they cheated on me. And then I got into a marriage with this person. We are filled with wounds and brokenness and hurts and fears. And even in the modern church of today, Jesus Christ has come to set the captives free. Amen. 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 
Absolutely. 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 I want to share some amazing statistics with you. This word peace, um, it is the word uh, marpe, and it means to be healed or cured, and it actually comes from the, Greek, uh, the Hebrew word rafe. God says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. And so the heart at peace, it means healed or cured, and it actually comes from Rapha to heal. And in the Young's literal translation, or if we were to take the Hebrew definition of that word marpe, it actually would say a healed heart gives life to the flesh. But rottenness to the bones comes from envy, unforgiveness, jealousy. All those other things that get into our soul will make us sick. You see, I believe that a healed soul will cause us to have a healed body. And so oftentimes before Jesus healed people, he set them free of things in their soul. He cast out a spirit of some type, a strong man that was living inside of them. You see, the world talks about sicknesses. Some sicknesses are psychosomatic. No, they're not. They are, they are not always 100% physical, but they are tied to soul issues, and they are spiritual, they are soulish, and they are physical. Are you hearing me? You see, um, Preston uh, went through a trauma, and due to issues in his own life and the trauma, the aggravated trauma, medically speaking, there was no disconnection in his spine. They could find no severed nerves. They had medically no explanation for why he was bedridden and why he had all the issues that he had. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus healed him physically, but Jesus also healed his soul. And Jesus also did stuff spiritually to him, and it set him free. Are you hearing me? And that stuff is just as real. It's just as real. And we need to understand, without Christ, we're damaged goods. There's brokenness in here. That's not to take away from we know who we are in Christ. I know who I am in Christ. I am complete in Christ. I am the righteousness of God. But he is working out my salvation. What does that mean? If I die, it's a question whether or not I'm saved. No, I'm saved. But he's working out the full totality of salvation. That includes healing the soul, healing the mind, healing the emotions, healing every aspect of who I am, breaking uh, curses in my hereditary, in my family lines, setting me free from the spirit of poverty, setting me free from the spirit of failure. How many of you know your salvation is still being worked out? All of you is being saved. Amen. Absolutely, absolutely. So, watch this here. Um, in Proverbs, uh, very quickly, there are three areas. There are many areas, but I want to touch quickly on three areas that really affect the soul. And one of them is what I call uh, lack of self-love or low self-esteem. Now, 
I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about fear as another one. I'm going to talk about unforgiveness and misjudgments as another one. These three different areas. If we could change that slide, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, and look at what it says. A cheerful heart. Remember, heart. Yeah. Two different words, but both those words, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, are interchangeable in definition. And it says here, a cheerful soul, a happy soul, a soul that's at peace, a soul that's been made well, is good medicine. I want to tell you something. There are issues, there are physical, medical issues that we have that really come back to soul issues that we have. And I will prove it to you scientifically in just a moment, and I will continue to prove it to you from Scripture. I know in my own self, because of the low self-esteem I had, I loved, I craved attention from infancy. The attention I got was because of all my sickness. And so I loved feeling sorry for myself because that's how I got attention. Older brother was smart, the second oldest, he was cute and had all the charisma, right? And uh, I, I don't know if any of you, years ago there was a movie called Twins with T Danny DeVito. Okay, you seen it? And Danny DeVito got all the junk DNA, right? That's how I felt. I had all the junk DNA. And so, you know, negative attention was better than no attention whatsoever. Damaged soul. Damaged soul. Broken. Okay. Am I feeling sorry for myself? No. You got it too. <laughs> Most of us are like the rest of us. Don't feel sorry for me because I don't feel sorry for me anymore. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I'm not living there anymore. I ain't dancing with my devils anymore. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm too busy being seated in heavenly places, ruling and reigning in life through Jesus Christ. Praise God. You know the song, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to? It's my party and I ain't crying. Okay? Absolutely. But uh, a cheerful heart is good medicine. What I'm saying to you is this is scriptural. This is not just a, a Chinese a good luck charm that comes out of a fortune cookie. This is the Word of God. When I'm sitting in front of my medical doctor and he says, you have such, such, such and such and such and such, I believe this book more than I believe medical science. Lock me up if you want, but I'm the guy who's been healed of four or five incurable diseases. My doctor says to me, he says, I, I don't understand you. He said, I cannot fit you into any of my medical equations. You defy everything I know about medicine. And then I tell him about Jesus. <laughs> we got a great relationship. I love him. He doesn't know Christ yet. But, you know, I talked to him about the power of God. And, and I showed him how to pray. And one time he was uh, uh, cracking nuts and he cracked his tooth and he was in agony. Anyone ever crack a tooth? Right? He was in agony. And before he could go see the dentist, he, 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 he's suffering in pain. And he remembered a conversation he had with me. He told me this the next time I saw him. 
He said, I remembered what you said about prayer, and so I prayed. He said, and the pain left immediately and never came back. And then I said, here's my bill. That's $120. Thank you for visiting me. I didn't. I should have. I left with a bill that day. All right. Uh, I believe this, when we deal with soul issues, so I was saying about myself, and, and I got to a point, I was about 13 years old, and God very clearly said to me, he said, if you want to get healed, you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. You will never walk in divine health while you love the attention sickness gets you. A cheerful heart, a healed soul is medicine. And I took that literal, I took it serious. I knew God was talking to me. And I've gotten to the point where I absolutely don't, don't ever feel sorry for me. Don't, don't give me so, sympathy. You know, my mother dotes on me and she still continues like I was that little boy who was born allergic to water and sickly from birth. And, you know, God forbid I sneeze once. You got a cold? You know what you need to do? My mother's one cure-all for everything. i got to be careful what I'm saying because she'll be listening to this in about 30 minutes. So, Father, forgive me. I never know what I say. Uh, uh, maybe I should say, Mother, forgive me. Uh, my mother's one cure-all for everything. Do hot water on your feet. Soak your feet in hot water. You'll get better. One of those uh, cure-alls for everything. Uh, but she would, she would pander to me, and I had to get to a point where, don't, stop. I don't want that. And as I broke away from that and allowed my soul to be healed in that area, when I stopped becoming dependent on that and looking for that, Nancy, I, I've been healed. I think, it's, I think it's five incurable diseases that I've been healed from. And I... I most of them are autoimmune diseases, and I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. I'm going to show you some amazing stuff. Let's go to the next proverb. It says, uh, 1624, pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Health to the bones. You don't know, we don't understand the power of our tongue. In fact, forget your tongue. We don't really get how much we are sons of God. In Greek mythology, you could have a, you know, they had these mythical people who were demigods, half the son of a mortal and half the son of a God, and they had this amazing power. Guess what? I am a full-fledged, 100% son of God! We don't understand the power of the tongue, but we don't understand the power of a son of God. There is power in you. I'm not saying that to jerk you up and give you a little bit of motivation. Okay, we're going to have our motivational, inspirational moment here for 10 seconds. No, I'm just telling you the truth. As a child of God, there is power in you. There's authority in you. We rule and reign in life. Through one, Jesus Christ. 
Well, pastor, that's talking about eternity when Jesus comes and the whole earth and the devil's put in the lake of fire. But listen, when the devil's in the lake of fire and there's no more sin and there's no more problems, whoopee doodad to ruling and reigning. What, what, what do you have to rule over? I need to know that there is victory and I can rule and reign in the middle of all this nonsense and garbage. Can I get an amen? Amen. Don't undersell Jesus. Don't undersell the Word of God. And so this stuff is real. Dads, listen to me. How do you talk to your kids? How do you talk to your wife? How do you talk to your children? Pleasant words, good words, wholesome words. They are healing. But words, you know, when I was a kid, we'd say sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Knowing what I know today, I would rather you hit me with a stick. I would rather you throw a stone at me because that will heal. But the words that get into your soul, they do damage for a lifetime. Isn't it amazing how the devil will get a saying garbage like that? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the opposite is the truth, and he knows it. Moms, dads, careful the words you share with your kids because the right words will bring health to their body and to their mind. Can I get an agreement? Here, let me share some stuff. Can I have that slide, Matt? No, no, uh, let's do the picture slide that you fixed up for me. Let's do that first. Body image statistics. Ladies, my heart goes out to you. I am sorry that we, as an often male-driven world, have validated you through the eyes of lust and sensuality. I want to show you some stuff here. Body image statistics. 80% of women say that the image of women on television and in the movies, fashion magazines and advertising make them feel insecure. 42% of girls through third grade want to be thinner. 42% of the girls in third grade want to be thinner. Can I have the next slide? 81% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat. The average American woman is 5 foot 4 inches tall and weighs 140 pounds. The average American woman. While the average American model is 5 foot 11 tall and weighs 117 pounds. What am I saying? Baby, there ain't no way you're going to stretch yourself that way. And we're comparing ourselves to unfair, wicked, cruel, even diabolical images. You were created in the image of your father and you're beautiful. And every woman and even every guy, you need to understand that when we believe these lies about ourselves, oh, I'm not worth anything, oh, I'm terrible, oh, I'm a failure, and all this poor self-image, low esteem, this sense of rejection, and it brings fear, 
That is contrary. Every time we say it, every time we agree with it, every time we speak it over ourselves, every time we bathe in the emotion of a low self-esteem, we are eating the fruit of the knowledge of evil. And every time we say, I am a new creation, I am the apple of God's eye. If anyone be in Christ, behold, all things are made new. Come on. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every time we come into agreement about ourselves with the Word of God, we're eating from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good. More than half of teenage girls are or think they should be on diets. Or, hang on, I didn't finish. Most fashion models are thinner than 98% of American women. Next, somebody's going to patent a stretching rack where women can try to stretch their bones so that they get closer to the 5 foot 11 inch status and hopefully it'll thin out our bodies. Listen, we, are, we have gone crazy with body image and being so distorted, putting the body before the soul and putting the soul before the spirit, the curse of putting the body before the soul, our soul has become damaged because we are so obsessed with what our body is supposed to look like. When we get things out of God's divine order, you will have disorder, and where you have disorder, you will have confusion, and where you have confusion, you will have fear and inferiority. More than half of teenage girls are or think they should be on diets. They want to lose some or all of the 40 pounds that female naturally gain between the ages of 8 and, eight and 14. And about 3% of these teens go too far becoming anorexic or bulimic. Uh, sorry. You got it. All right. I want to read you some other statistics and I've... I've printed up notes here uh, for you. You can take them home, but to fit everything down, I had to make it really small. So let's go to the next slide, Matt. 98% of girls feel there's an immense pressure from external sources to look a certain way. 90% of girls. That's a national report on self-esteem. Let's go to the next slide. 92% of teen girls would like to change something about the way they look with body weight ranking the highest. That's the Dove, you know, uh, the soap, yep, Dove campaign. Let's go to the next one. 90% of eating disorders are found in girls. Am I saying anything here? It's, it's going to get worse. You damage the soul. You damage how a person thinks and feels. You damage their image. You damage their emotions. You damage their self-esteem. You will damage their physical body, their mental health. You will cripple them for the rest of their lives. Let's go to the next one. 
One in four girls today fall into a clinical diagnosis of depression, eating disorders, cutting, and other mental-emotional disorders. On top of these, many more report being constantly anxious, sleep-deprived, and under significant pressure, according to the triple-bind Stephen Hinshaw. I don't know if that's supposed to be triple-blind test or triple-bind, but in the notes I read, it was triple-bind. So anyway, next slide. 53% of American girls age 13 are unhappy with their bodies. Dads, you better tell your daughter how beautiful they are. You need to tell them how much you love them. You don't want your, your daughter just sleeping with any old jerk who comes along who's going to disrespect them then you better raise the bar. You better make it hard for someone to come and court your daughter and win her. You need to make her so used to believing that she's loved and she's beautiful and she's important. Let's look at the next one. 53% of girls 13s. By the time they reach 17, it inflates to 78% of them. 78% of them. Based on the National Institute on Media and the Family. What's the next slide? Here, glamour survey of more than 300 women. Stop, don't read it. Look at me. We think that's just about girls. Oh, they're so impressionable. But they, they'll grow out of it. Really? So, glamour survey of more than 300 women of all body types and sizes found that on average, women have 13 negative body thoughts daily, nearly one for every waking hour, and a disturbing number of women confess to having 35, 50, or even 100 hateful thoughts about their bodies every day. These aren't church statistics. I went straight to the world to get these statistics. Now, autoimmune disease. You know what an autoimmune disease is? It is the third most common category of disease in the United States after uh, cancer and cardiovascular disease, affecting approximately 8% of the population, or 14.7 to 23 million people. An autoimmune disease is a condition in which your immune system mistakenly attacks your body. The immune system normally guards against germs like bacteria and viruses, and when it senses these foreign invaders, it sets out an army of fighter cells to attack them. Normally, the immune system can tell the difference between foreign cells and your own cells. But in an autoimmune disease, the immune system mistakes parts of your body, like your joints or your skin, or, uh, and it determines them as foreign, and it releases proteins called autoantibodies that attack healthy cells. There are major incurable diseases that fall under the category of autoimmune diseases. Your body attacking yourself. I think three or four out of the five incurable diseases that I got healed of were all autoimmune related. My autoimmune system was fighting me. 
And you know what one of my issues was? I didn't love me. I didn't like me. I had no trouble loving everybody else because everybody else was better than me. But I didn't like me. I was so full of fear and inferiority and rejection. What was one more rejection? (laughs) If nobody else likes me and if everyone else rejects me in my perception, I might as well not get disappointed. I'll start from the get-go and reject myself. Poor self-esteem. I believe that in the soul and in the spirit realm, it opens a door and your mind and your emotions are so convinced that you are the enemy that it releases your autoimmune system to fight yourself. And it's a spiritual curse. And the way to get delivered of it is to get your soul healed and stop eating from the fruit of the knowledge of evil and start eating from the fruit of the knowledge of good. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. A healed soul makes way for a healed body. Watch this here. I want to show you something. So... I just told you what an autoimmune disease is. Doctors don't know what causes the immune system to misfire. Everyone listen to this. I'm going to tell you a couple of things and you're going to see a pattern. Doctors don't know what causes the immune system to misfire, yet women get autoimmune diseases at a rate of 2 to 1 compared to men. Remember the statistics we read earlier about how women view themselves? Because of body image and the things, oh, you're fat, oh, you're not pretty, oh, you got funny teeth, oh, you got a funny shape. From when they're little girls, it happens in schools. Girls can be cruel to girls just like boys can be cruel to boys. And guess what? We could be cruel to boys as well. Uh, Preston here had a body image issue and had a low self-esteem. But guys, listen to me, church. We can be brutal with the tongue. And women suffer autoimmune diseases two to one to men. Now watch this. Uh, According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, anxiety disorders are the most common mental health concern in the U.S. and it affects 40 million adults. Okay, that's a lot of people. All right. According to Gail Saltz, MD, a professor of psychiatry at the Will Cornell Medical College, women are more likely to be diagnosed with psychological disorders such as anxiety and depression, which often affects confidence, self-esteem, okay? Self-esteem. A lack of self-esteem will lead to depression. Watch this here. It goes on and it says... Um, uh, yet, uh, um, uh, women are more likely to be diagnosed with psychological disorders such as anxiety and depression, which often affects confidence, anxiety disorders, and mood disorders. Depression specifically occur twice as often in women as they do in men, two to one. Autoimmune disease, two to one. Uh, mental health, Anxiety and depression, two to one. 
According to the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH, and the World Health Organization, women are twice as likely as men to have a depressive episode. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, from 2013 to 2016, 10.4% of women were found to have depression compared with 5.5% of men. What am I saying? Women struggle the most because of how we've cultured society or how society, how society has cultured us. And they struggle with self-esteem and self-validation. And consequently, the lack of self-appreciation and self-love becomes manifested in mental disorders, two to one to men, emotional disorders, autoimmune disorders, Church, we get our soul healed. Our body will be healed as well. Are you hearing me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I close this morning, fear. Fear, inferiority, rejection. Job chapter 3, 25. What I have feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. You know, when I was younger, one of the things that I had, I, I had asthma. I used to song lead in Australia, in, in, in Australian church uh, for Pastor Peter Vaca. And uh, I would jump, dance. I was very active, very lively. And 10 minutes into song leading, I would be huffing and puffing and out of breath. And for the next half hour, once I sat down, I would be coughing so much because of asthma. I was on Ventolin and Becatide, and the doctor told me, don't ever leave your house without your asthma medication because this is severe. You can die if you have an asthma attack. Okay? So I had very severe asthma. We had intercessors in the church, and one day the intercessor came up to me, and she said, God showed me a vision. Listen to this. God showed me a vision. I know why you have asthma. I said, what? She said, yeah, God showed me a vision. When you were a little boy, you were in a car, and uh, you saw a, a person on a horse be thrown from the horse in the midst of traffic, and it took your breath away. I nearly fell on the floor when she said it. I remember going to church. It was a Sunday morning. We were driving through the hub of the city of Adelaide, most beautiful city, surrounded by parklands, and there was uh, a, a horse race track as well. Beautiful city, beautiful parklands. And here we were in the midst of traffic, and we're going this way, and traffic's coming this way. In Australia, they drive on the wrong side of the road. And uh, here were these cars all backed up, and uh, the light changed, and they're starting to move and this guy on a horse, the horse rears up and throws the rider in the middle of traffic that's going back and forth. And I would have been about 10 years old, and I remember gasping. This woman pegged it. The fear and the trauma that I experienced as a child seeing that took my breath away and when it got exposed and I started to rebuke it and break that stronghold in me, God healed me of asthma. Amen. 
your soul is imprinted upon all the times. All the time. And dads, what you say to your kids, mom, what you say to your kids, what you say to each other, imprints the soul. And harsh words will crush the spirit. But healing words are like honeycomb. Sweet words will set you free. Amen. 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 Praise God. You know, there was, I had written two Proverbs about how pleasant, um, there was an extra two Proverbs, and I didn't put them on the notes, I apologize, but how uh, proper words actually heal us and set us free. And the last thing is unforgiveness, resentment, frustration, anger. We have Debbie over here, and about four weeks ago, about four weeks ago, I had a word of knowledge, someone has uh, since the age of 12, at the base of their neck, to the right-hand side, you get migraines, severe migraines. And uh, finally, Debbie put her hand up. And I'm standing here. How many of you remember the morning this happened? And I said to her, I looked and I said, who's Caroline? Caroline? Caroline. Carolyn. Who's Caroline? And the look on her face, it was a look of horror. She, she said, she, she was a little girl that used to torment me. I said, how old were you she said, about 12. I had already said these migraines started when she was about 12 years old. And as she dealt with the emotional issue and God exposed it, I asked Debbie the other day, how often were you having the migraine? She said, two to three times a week. That was four weeks ago? Okay. And I asked you just Friday, how have you been since then? And what was your answer? Hasn't had one migraine. Your soul is alive and it listens, and your soul is imprinted. Jesus Christ has come to bind up the brokenhearted, to deal with the soul issues of humanity so that we could be free mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. As we close this morning, I want you to know the first step in receiving healing in your soul is to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you served him at one time. Maybe you walked away. Maybe you, you got cold. Maybe life drew you away from the calling of God. You need to come to him and let him love on you. And you need to get it right and say, God, I'm sorry. I made you second instead of letting you be first. Maybe you made him last. Maybe you walked away from him completely. Maybe you used to walk in the ways of the Lord, but you slid away. Today is the time to put your hand up and say, Jesus, I want to start afresh. I want to repent. I want to get things right in my soul. And I want you to get things right in my soul. Can I get an amen? If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, it all starts right there. I'm going to ask those that are going to be praying with me to start coming out the front. If we could have the worship music, are we going live with that or we got, okay, can we start that as well? Thank you. Amen. Everyone stand with me.
praise God. Every eye closed. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, this is what Jesus said. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. I will give people the opportunity to say yes, and I'll give them the opportunity to say no. But whoever says yes and lets me come in, I will gladly come in and live with them and love on them and heal them and restore them and restore relationship with God. Friend, every one of us were designed to be an extension of God. We're his lost kids. Forget about evolution. You're connected to the highest power in the universe. God the Father designed you to be his child. And so right now, before we go any further, if you have never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, or if you need to make a new commitment and get things right with him, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. Come on, right now, while every eye is closed, raise your hand and say, that's me. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. You can put it down. Thank you. Who else wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? Wants to ask Christ in their heart. Come on, raise your hand. Say yes. I want to get right. I want to come back to Christ. I want to ask Jesus in my heart. Raise your hand. I'm going to ask that person to come on down the front, and I'm going to open the altar. I'm going to open the altar. Because there are things that God wants to heal first in your soul and then in your body. The Apostle Paul uh, says, why is there so much arguing and factions and disruptiveness in the church? He said, these things come from within you. It's the damaged soul, the broken soul. We interpret people's looks or comments towards us as if they're ready to pounce on us based on things we've experienced from the past. That's a little demon living in a wound and in a hurt. And because you've allowed yourself to make a misjudgment of all people, that thing has influence over you. And God wants to set you free. I've shared with you how I went from one experience to another, uh, being abused, even my father wept with me and couldn't understand why here I was helping out in church and I would go through one crushing experience after another. And I could have made a decision that all men in authority would always hurt me. But I decided I wasn't going to let a demon live in my soul. I wasn't going to believe what appeared to be true to become a universal truth. No. That's not what the Word of God says, and that's not how God sees things. And maybe you've been wounded by male authority figures. Maybe you've been wounded by a church figure. Maybe you've been wounded by a female authority figure. Maybe you have fears and prejudgments about people in life in general. Maybe you have 
wrong judgments about yourself. You've believed the words that you're stupid, you're an idiot, you'll never be any good. Maybe you've been divorced, maybe you've been cheated on, maybe you've been separated from. Rejection doesn't know culture or age or financial status. Rejection, fear, inferiority, and brokenness will come to anyone and everyone. But the key is you and I have to recognize that we aid and abet the enemy when we eat of the fruit of the knowledge of evil. And we got to disagree with what we once believed and renew our minds so that God can heal our souls. Can I get an agreement? Amen. And Father, I thank you for the revelation that you've been giving me. And I thank you there's power in your word. It's all in your word. I thank you that your word is truth. And we can literally not only rebuild our lives on your word, we can build skyscrapers on your word. You want us to turn into the giants you designed us to be. Reflections of your greatness. And so, Father, I thank you for the power of your word. And as we conclude here today, I thank you that you're going to heal people in their soul. You're going to bind up the brokenhearted. You're going to cast out the strong man that has kept people in bondage. And you're also going to bring healing to their physical bodies in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, the same way you've been doing miracles, you're going to continue to do miracles. And I thank you that even under the sound of this teaching, people are being set free. People are being restored. People are recognizing where the enemy has hidden in their lives. And they're breaking allegiances with that enemy and being set free. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against every strong man that hides in a wound that hides in a lie that hides in a misjudgment that hides in a fear and in the name of Jesus you don't belong there and I come in the name of Christ who for this very reason was manifested in life to destroy to turn upside down to break and to bring to an end all the works of the evil one father in Jesus name we agree that your precious Holy Spirit will start setting captives free. In Jesus' name. As we close, I want you to come on out. If you need prayer, if you raised your hand, come on out the front. Our prayer warriors are going to pray with you. They're going to stand in agreement with you. And God will heal you, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name. Amen.